Welcome to episode one of Have A Good Fucking Day podcast. I've been talking about this podcast for months, if not years, and finally we're here. Sugar Studios, crazy setup, and I'm glad I waited. Who does their episode one podcast in a gaff like this? Come on. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for following me on my journey, and um, thank you for encouraging me to do this podcast. Because you know what? Without you lot um, contributing your questions and your topics, I wouldn't have done this. And that was the whole reason why I did the post. Because I thought, if I get everyone involved and, and everyone does contribute topics and questions, now I have to do it. And I was blown away by how many of you sent me DMs and left comments underneath the video. Um, so thank you. I appreciate you. And... This is the first of many. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, have a good fucking day podcast, episode one. Let's go. Question one is, what made you so wise and mindful? Um, I don't even think it's a case of being so wise. It's just more of a case of like trying to be more aware of how I move and the impact that I have on the world and the people in my life. So I don't even think it's a case of wiseness. It's a case of intention and awareness and just being conscious of the impact that I have and making a, taking a more of an active role in the impact that I want to have. Um, and then once you start delving into that stuff um, and you truly like see the benefit of it, then there's not really any going back in it. So then you start learning more about yourself and then in turn you start learning more about the world and how you want to move through it. And that's what it is. Like when you're conscious and intentional about what you're doing, it means you think about the decisions that you make and why you're making them. And then when you do things that you don't necessarily want to do or things that you're not happy with, you also look at that as well. So I think that's why people might think that it's being wise, but it's just more, I think, is awareness. How have I coped since losing my mum? It's a good question. It's coming on to, what are we on now? Eight years? I don't think it's a case of how have I coped? It's been up and down, isn't it? It's not like, I don't think if you lose someone that you care about, especially a parent or whatever, I don't think it's a case of, oh, I'm coping well. I think it's, it's fucking hard, isn't it? And obviously, closer to the time of it happening, that's obviously like a more, when, it's, when it feels more raw, do you know what I'm saying? Because it feels so alien at that point. But after someone's been gone for a certain amount of time, it, does, it doesn't hurt any less, but the reality is set in a little bit, in it? So it becomes, I don't know if more normal is the word I'm looking for, but it is that, in it? Because as time goes by, the more time that they're not here, the more time that you spend not being around them. So it's like, you, it's still painful, but you become more used to them not being here. So yeah, I don't know. And obviously there's also, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to grieve in it. Everyone goes through the process in their own way. So yeah, the coping thing is ups and downs. Sometimes I have days where I'm like super happy about memories and whatever, whatever. And then other days you'll be super sad about the fact that they're not here. But yeah. If you could identify as an object, what would you be? <laughs> an object. A wand. 
Yeah, that's not, that's not. An invisibility cloak. That's not bad, you know. The elder one, didn't it? <laughs> the loud pack. Yeah, but I wouldn't be around for long, would I? <laughs> I like, I like a broomstick. Your broomstick. <laughs> Your broomstick. If you was a witch, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Cause you'd be, you'd be flying all the time, but you'd also be in between your cheeks. Do you know what I mean? Why do people settle in unhappy relationships? I think this is a good question. And I think, I think people settle in unhappy relationships. I think that is a representation of where individuals are within themselves and their own journey. So I think when people settle for things that aren't making them happy or they're in relationships where their needs are not being met, I think it's an internal thing rather than an external thing. And I think we can end up um, blaming the fact that we're unhappy in a relationship. We can end up blaming that on the person that we're with. But at the end of the day, you choose who you're with, innit? And you choose what energy you bring to that relationship. And if you feel like you're bringing a certain energy and that energy is not being cultivated and reciprocated, then it's up to you to decide whether to stay in that relationship or not. Um, but I think also that comes with doing a certain amount of healing and understanding self and understanding what it takes to, to be in a constructive, loving and healthy relationship. Like there's so many elements to it. And also there's so many reasons why people would stay in an unhappy relationship. A lot of it's probably got to do with the relationship that we have with our parents, the example we've been given, um, the things that we've experienced growing up, the relationships that we've seen as an example. Like it's a, long, it's a long journey of understanding to get to a place where we know how to show up in a relationship, in the type of relationship that we want. So yeah, I think there's a million and one factors to be honest, but it does come down to self. And when we start looking externally for why a relationship is or isn't going well, it's not the right place to start. Once we get things where, the, where we would like them to be internally and with self and understanding self, that's when we're in a space where we can step into a healthy, loving relationship and, 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 and move through it and operate in the way that we would like to. What else do you do on a regular for health? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I'd, I was consistent with the CMOS thing for a while. I've definitely fallen off. Um, the other things that I try to do for health on a regular basis, gym, try to drink enough water, green smoothie, spend time in nature, um, try to be mindful about the things that I consume, not just physically, but digitally. So we spend so much time online. I think it's important to be aware about the things that we're watching, the people that we're listening to and the things that we're consuming and just allowing to wash over us. Because you know what, we can, we, can, we can watch and pay attention to and listen to things that we don't agree with or things that we might deem to be negative or bad vibes. But if there's no awareness there and we're just allowing it to wash over us, we're taking that shit on board and not realizing it. But if we're taking things in with awareness, we can see things for what they are and we can say, all right, cool that might be the energy that's taking place in this piece of content or in this piece of music or whatever. But the fact that I'm aware of it means that you can choose whether or not you want to take it on board or not.
and you can choose how much of it you want to consume. I think digital diet is almost just as important as our physical diets at this point. Um, what else do I like to do? I think like for mental health, things like traveling, being outside, um, again, it all comes back to awareness, not, not spending too much time doing things that we don't necessarily want to be doing. I think so much of our lives these days, we're, we end up being caught up in this race of doing things that we don't even want to be doing. And obviously some of these things are necessary. Bills need to be paid. Food needs to be put on the table. But tell me this, when was the last time you did something that you enjoyed doing as a kid? Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that's important. And everyone, people might be, oh, it's childish, whatever, whatever. But actually, the things that made you super happy as a kid, I promise you, will make you happy today also. So yeah, ask yourself that question. When was the last time you did something that made you happy as a kid? And if you can't remember something, then think back to little you and what little you loved doing and go and do that thing. What drives you to spread positivity? I think I've always been like pretty positive in terms of like my approach and my mentality. So I think that's always been there. Again, it always comes back to awareness, but being aware of behavior and impact, it just means that you can like hone in on that and focus in on it and you can, you become more aware of the impact that you're having rather than it just being kind of a natural byproduct of who you are. When you're aware, you can really make a decision about how do I want to affect this situation? How do I want to feel after this situation? And when you're not aware, you can go into stuff and you can be reactive and you walk away from it and you feel like shit. You're like, ah, I could have dealt with that differently. Um, and the same thing goes for like, even like, I don't know, having a conversation with your partner or a friend or a brother or whatever. And when we, when we communicate from a reactive space, we end up saying and doing things that are not in alignment with who we are in it. But when you're aware and you're aware that you want to, you want to have a positive impact on these things or these people or these environments, then you can take the steps to respond rather than react and leave people and spaces and situations better off than the way you found them. Like, who doesn't want to do that? Can straight and gay men share an intimate relationship that isn't sexual? Can straight and gay men share an intimate relationship that isn't sexual? Of course. I mean, like, when you, when you mean intimate, like, you can have an intimate conversation with someone. Um, like, you can, you, can, you can have an intimate relationship with anyone. Do you know what I'm saying? But intimate, like, let's separate intimacy and, and, and sex, in it. Because I suppose, like, if you're having a deeper, meaningful conversation, if, we, if, you're, if we're calling that intimate, yeah, if you're having a deeper, meaningful with someone, you can have a deeper, meaningful with anyone. So it's not about sexual orientation or whatever. So, but obviously, I think a lot of people, even myself, kind of come to assume that intimacy and sex are kind of intertwined, but I suppose they're not, are they? Because you can have an intimate night in, innit? You can have an intimate dinner. It doesn't have to be anything to do with sex. It's just like the settings and the vibe, innit? Why are there more spiritually conscious women than men? Um, my instinct is telling me that society as it stands doesn't set men up to naturally be drawn towards spirituality and mindfulness and I think 
not for all women, but I think, I think women, maybe are more naturally drawn to it. And also it's something that is a, a way of being and a way of thinking that's definitely more encouraged in women than in men. Yeah, I think from personal experience, I think men are less drawn towards things like healing and emotion and trying to understand emotion. Um, just from that standard thing, innit? Like, man up. Boys don't cry. Like, get over it. You're a man, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Like, we're never, we're not, it's not necessarily like the norm that men or boys are encouraged to understand their emotions or, or work through them or process them or any of that stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? It's more like bottle it up. Why are you talking about your emotions for? You're soft, you're this, you're that, or whatever. And I just think, personally, um, I mean, I was fortunate enough in terms of my mum wasn't like that at all. But as you become a teenager, or even as a, as a, as a younger boy, like, you are told by certain members of your family or whatever, like, boys don't cry and blah, blah, blah. And then you go into your teenage years and it's like, it's all about this hard exterior persona and there's no like amongst men young men as far as I know there's not many circles of young men that really sit down and like hold space for each other and speak about how they truly feel about stuff there's this there's this um this forward-facing presentation of self I'm trying to think of what the word is but we've got this like persona, like everyone's got the same persona. I'm hard, I don't give a shit, I get bare things, rare tear tear, whatever, whatever. And I think more so with girls, they do sit down and talk about how they feel. And they do sit down and fucking, and cry and say, this made me sad or that made me angry or whatever, whatever. And they hold space for each other to have those conversations. And I just think, especially as young men, that's not something that is commonplace. And because everyone's got this similar mask on, Everyone thinks that this is how we're supposed to be. So everyone's behaving in a similar way. But it's like, everyone's not the same, innit? We're all different. We all deal with things differently. We're all affected by things differently. We all process emotions differently. We all com communicate differently. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've started really trying to share certain things and, and, and make it clear that it's okay, innit, to to talk about how you feel and to, it's not even okay, it's fucking essential. Do you know what I mean? Like bottling, bottling up emotions and pretending that things don't affect us is not healthy. It's not helpful, it's not productive. Um, and it affects the way that we form relationships. It affects the way that we move through the world. It affects the way we, we navigate. And, and when we bottle things up, they come to the surface at some point anyway but if we boil it up, more often than not, they're going to come to the service in an uncontrolled way and in a way we don't even understand what's happening. So yeah, I think one of, one of my main messages is the importance of, as men, the importance of being able to understand our emotions and, and, and releasing them and working through them and feeling them, do you know what I'm saying? Rather than pretending that they're not there because they're there, innit? We're humans, bruv. We feel shit. And that's all right. We don't have to pretend that we don't feel anything. Um, and I think it's actually like when, when, when you can begin to like 
really understand and feel into your emotions and, and, and articulate them, it's almost a superpower because it changes the way that you interact with the people that you care about. And it allows you to have certain relationships that would have been impossible without having that understanding of self or having that relationship with self and being honest with self about feelings and emotions and all of that stuff. So yeah, I think it's vital. The lies we've been told since birth. That's a great one. Uh, the lies we've been told since birth. I think there's so many different ones um, from education. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we go into school from however old we are, four or five. And I do think learning the basics is important. Like obviously, you know, basic maths, basic, basic English, basic science or whatever. But it's like when you start getting to the point when you're spending a whole term learning about angles and your teacher's like, you're never going to have a, you're not going to have a calculator on you all the time. It's like, big man, what are you talking about? I've got access to every single piece of information that's ever been fucking documented in my pocket at all times. So it's gotten to the point now where it's like, why aren't we learning more about um, how to invest money? Why aren't we learning about taxes? Why aren't we learning about mortgage rates? Why aren't we learning about interest rates? Why aren't we learning about how to utilize the internet? Why aren't we learning about how to start small businesses? Why am I sitting here learning about angles, bro? Like, yes, in certain industries, having um, a specialty in an area, obviously you need it. But for most people, like, knowing how to do your taxes would be alert, or understanding how mortgages work or that, that type of stuff, understanding emotions and how to process emotions, that would be far more beneficial. I don't know how much of it I've used, to be honest. I think the social side of school is super important and super beneficial. And there's like, there, there are elements of it that are incredible, but I think it's rather so outdated. Medical industry is a lie. And I think a lot of the things that we're told in terms of how to look after ourselves, like how often do you hear people saying, have you had enough sleep? Are you exercising? Are you drinking enough, enough water? Are you eating enough fruits and vegetables? Um, how much sugar are you, are you taking on? How much processed foods are you eating? More time, it's just, ah, oh, take this pill, have this injection, um, do this course of this antibiotic. And I'm not saying there isn't a place for that stuff. However, I feel like there is a lot of stuff that could be, that could be treated or, or adjusted or managed by doing some more simple things. Because I know what happens when I eat shit and I eat bare sugar and... Um, I sit in my yard and I don't get sunlight and whatever. I know that makes me feel like shit. And also over time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause health problems in the long term, innit? And I just think sometimes, and I know it sounds simple and I know it sounds like a simplification, but honestly, sometimes, yeah, get outside, move your body, um, stop drinking so much fizzy drinks, stop eating so much processed foods, stop going to McDonald's so often, eat some more fruit, be more conscious about the things that you're consuming and do that for three months, innit? And see how you feel before going to take more pills or more. And more time these pills and these medications are just like, it's not even, it's not healing. It's, it's like just suppressing symptoms, innit? I don't know. I ain't a doctor, but 
sunlight and some fucking mango and some water and, and a bit of exercise works wonders. Ideal response for couples to respond to each other while triggers are active. Um, I don't know what an ideal response is, but what I do know is that when you're in a relationship and people are triggered, this is when we're in our reactive state, innit? And when we're reactive, we can say and do things that don't align with who we truly are. We can say and do things that we will regret. We can say and do things that we don't mean or that we don't want to do and have a negative impact on the interaction, on the relationship, on somebody's feelings. And I think, again, it always comes back to awareness, innit? When you realise or we realise that we're triggered, I think it's important to be able to stop and say, do you know what? I can't have this conversation right now. Because when we're in a reactive state, especially when both parties are in a, in a reactive state, it's just going to escalate. It's not going to be constructive. We're not going to express ourselves um, from a place of love. We're being reactive now. We're, we're, we're doing the one-upmanship. We're doing the I'm right and you're wrong and the blame game. And as soon as you go into that space, it's, it's, it's volatile and it's toxic, it's unhelpful and it's destructive. And I think it's so important when you're in a relationship to be able to, to, be able to express yourself and express how you truly feel and know that there's a safe space in which you can do that and you're not gonna be judged. And people aren't gonna blame you for the way that you feel. And I think it's, it's such a beautiful place to get into, yeah? When you, can, when you can say, look, I feel like this. This situation made me feel like that. And the person you're talking to doesn't make it about themselves. Because it's like, this, is, this isn't about you or me. This is about us. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, when you start looking at things from that standpoint, and it no longer becomes about who's right and who's wrong, and it more becomes about, okay, this is the situation that we're presented with, what do we need to do in order to move through this together and learn each other, learn from each other and grow stronger? Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's so important to create that space in which that both of you can express yourself freely without fear of starting an argument or without fear of being judged or without fear of being blamed. Like, people feel the way that they feel, innit? And I think, one, there's a constructive way to communicate feelings and emotion, but there's also a constructive way to receive communication. Communication ain't just about talking, do you know what I'm saying? Communication is about opening the space in order to be able to also receive information. It's not just about giving it, so, yeah. How to make money and be inspired when my surroundings don't support it? People jog, etc. I suppose if, when you're not inspired by your surroundings, yeah, change your surroundings, do you know what I'm saying? Like. If, if you're not surrounded by the type of energy that you want to be surrounded by or you're not surrounded by the type of visually the type of thing you want to be surrounded by, the only f person that can change that is you. You can't change the people that you're surrounded by. You can change the space that you're in. Like you, can, you, you can't necessarily move house at the drop of a hat. But there are so many places that you could go with your journal or with your notebook or with your phone or whatever and um, beautiful places all over, well, London anyway, I don't know, 
you might not be in London, but there's always somewhere you can go that feels more inspiring than where you're currently sitting if you're not feeling where you're currently sitting. And there's always an opportunity to, if you feel like the people you're surrounded by are not on the same vibe that you're on or not, not on the same energy that you're on or they're not inspiring, then that's also down to you. We can point the finger and blame externals all day long, but we don't have any control over any of that. The only thing we have control over is ourselves, what we're doing, where we put ourselves, the energy that we put out in the world. And, and, it, and it comes down to that. So it's, it's about action. If we don't like what's happening around us, or we don't like what, what the, how we're feeling, then we have to take action personally. If we're continually looking outwards and placing the blame elsewhere, we're just going to be stuck in victimhood, innit? Ah, this is happening to me. This person is like this. That's why I feel like this. I'm surrounded by this. This is why I feel like that. Cool. You can sit there and say that all day long, but nothing is going to change. The only way things change is if we take action for ourselves. Grief and how to use it in a positive way. 100% you can use grief in a positive way and pain and all of that stuff because it can be a massive driver. It can be a massive catalyst for change. Um, I think losing people, obviously it's painful and it's, and, it's, and it's heartbreaking and it hurts and whatever, whatever. But I think, I don't, I don't think anybody's ever like made a major change in life because they fucking won something or because they got a promotion or because they got paid a big amount of dough or they hit a major life milestone. Do you know what I'm saying? When you do that stuff, you celebrate. Boom, 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 you crack on. You're on you feel like you're on the right track. But when you go through shit that's hard and painful and, and difficult and heartbreaking um, and traumatic even, oftentimes these are the things that, that, that fire us up or, 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 or catalyze major change because you're like, I don't want to go through that again. Or that experience was so, so difficult that now it's, it's pushed me in a different direction. Or now I feel inspired or I'm, I'm going to use this pain to, to drive me in this direction. I'm going to smash the gym. I'm going to chase this dream or this goal harder than I've ever done it before. I'm going to completely change my approach to life. Do you know what I'm saying? I think most change or most dramatic change anyway comes from grief and pain and loss and all of that stuff. So yeah, I definitely think there's, um, there's ways to use it positively. Again, it always just comes back to awareness. When we do things unconsciously, that's when sometimes we can, we can end up going in directions that we don't want to go in. And before you know it, you're somewhere mad because you're unaware and you're unconscious about what you're doing. But as soon as you bring awareness and consciousness, consciousness to decision-making and to life, like as soon as you bring it to life, you can't lose it. Because it's like, it's so eye-opening. As, as soon as you are like veering off track a little bit or you're, you're, you are being unaware, you can't do it for long because it's like, you know what it feels like to be conscious and to be aware. Do you know what I mean? The power of being happy on your own. I think it's un... What's the word I'm looking for? Un, underestimated how powerful being happy on your own is. Because if you're happy on your own, 
when somebody else now adds to that happiness, it's incredible. But if you're unhappy on your own and you feel like you're only happy because of external influences or people, that's not, that's not actual true happiness, is it? Because it's dependent on somebody else's presence or, or, or something external from yourself. If you could be happy on your own, anything else is just fucking additional contributing to your happiness rather than being your happiness because if your happiness is outside of yourself it's not truly yours is it it's borrowed and obviously it's a love thing always life is a vibe have a good day have a good fucking day